Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 233. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to everybody. I hope your July is going along swimmingly. This is yet another pandemic edition of the podcast, but we're all muddling through as best we can. It is the day after Independence Day here in the States. As I record this, there is literally... Uh, an advisory against going outside today because there's so much haze and where I live that's not typically a a huge problem but from all the smoke and crap from fireworks yesterday combined with some atmospheric thing going on they're actually telling people don't go outside it's really kind of weird it's not like I'm looking out the window and it's all hazy and I can't see anything you really wouldn't know if uh you know the mainstream media hadn't told us maybe it's a conspiracy I'll bet it is. Uh, I'll bet, uh, uh, you know, the liberals are behind this somehow uh, to keep us inside for reasons. I don't know. Uh, At any rate, it's a good day to stay in and play Atari games, for example. So let's get to one. But first, the news. I don't do a lot of Atari-related news on the show because, you know, we're quasi... We're we're quasi-entertainment storytelling podcast. Well, we are an entertainment storytelling podcast, at least I hope we are. This is not a hardcore Atari news type show, but occasionally things will attract my attention. And one of those is Missile Command. I am on record as saying Missile Command is one of my favorite Atari games. So I was interested to see a July 3rd, 2020 BleedingCool.com article titled Atari Shows Off Missile Command Recharged, Optimized for Atari VCS. The long-promised Atari VCS. Evidently there's a new trailer out for Missile Command Recharged. The company revealed this week that the game will be one of the launch titles for their upcoming gaming console, and to show off both the game and the console's capabilities, they released a new trailer for you to watch below showing off both. The console is set to release sometime in the fall of 2020. Uh, insert your snickering here, because I know that this has long been a, a source of frustration and humor in the Atari community, because the game has been set to launch, or rather the console has been set to launch for a very long time. The article does go on to note that, yes, it's set for the fall of 2020, but there's no proper release date yet. According to the company, the Atari Wireless Classic joystick adds an extra layer of excitement and immersion only available on the Atari VCS. There is a trailer. Uh, I realized as I got ready to talk about this and how excited I am supposedly about Missile Command, I never actually watched this trailer. Uh, I will watch a couple seconds of it now. I won't watch the whole thing. You can go do that yourself. Yeah, I don't like it. Here's the thing. Part of the joy of Atari games is they're... It's like being a fan of classic Doctor Who. Okay. Yes, it looks cheap, and it looks unsophisticated, and the graphics are lame compared to modern, what you can do with modern technology. But that's part of the charm, right? Part of the charm of the game is that you get a fun gaming experience even without all the flash. The few seconds of the trailer I watched there is the new Missile Command. Uh, Yeah, it's basically Missile Command, but it's got a lot of flash and, and color and... Uh, seizure-inducing, uh, you know, f- strobe lights and things. But 
I'll pause here and say, I don't know that there are strobe lights, and I don't know that they're seizure-inducing. Please don't sue me. And I don't think you need any of that. I think Missile Command is great the way it is. I think classic Doctor Who is great the way it is. But maybe that's to me, just me, because I'm an old-timer. I don't have a problem with it, but I, I don't need it. I will stick with my classic Missile Command. Thank you very much. If any of you have thoughts about the new Missile Command, or the Atari VCS, or really anything, get a hold of me in one of the various ways that we'll talk about at the end of the show. Now that I've had a sip of my spinach smoothie, let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is Double Dunk from Atari, 1989. That's right, we're going really late into the run of Atari 2600. This, in fact, is one of the last games that they produced for the 2600. One of the last gasps, I guess. By this point, of course, we had Atari, uh, you know, 5200 come and gone, 7800 had come and gone. Well, it's still around, I suppose, but it was uh, it was not new, very new anyway. The, I don't know all my gaming history, but certainly Nintendo was a thing by now. In the background, you're hearing my dog bark at probably nothing, so sorry about that. But Atari, I guess, had a few things still on the drawing board for the 2600, and they decided to put them out. One of them was Double Dunk. It is, as you might have guessed, a basketball game. I'm not going to read all the instructions to you because essentially it's basketball. And honestly, I got bored reading the instructions. I am on record as saying that I am not particularly a sports guy. I appreciate a good play. I appreciate athleticism. I appreciate sportsmanship. I do not particularly care about the nuances of really any sport or the players or any of that. So to sit and learn how to play a basketball game on a computer, I can think of many, many other things I'd rather do with my time. And I host an Atari podcast. So I would be happy to just pick up a basketball game. We've done basketball games on the show before where you could just pick them up and start playing. And they're kind of fun. Uh, This one, you actually have to read the rules, read the instructions and learn how to do the plays and stuff. And that's where it gets boring and it gets frustrating, as evidenced by the fact that Henry bailed on the field report because he's like, he didn't put it this way, but basically what he was telling me was he's got better things to do with his life than try to learn how to play this Atari basketball game. And I got to say, I don't blame him. So basically, here's the Cliff Notes version of these instructions. Uh, We get a little story to start with. You spent the day playing some friendly two-on-two basketball. You and your buddy are psyched. Does anyone say psyched anymore, by the way? Anyway, you've aced the last three games and the other guys are getting desperate. Your inside man dribbles deftly. I don't know if I've ever seen deftly in an instruction manual for a kid's game. Interesting. Your inside man dribbles deftly toward the basket, but their man moves in quickly. If he gets the ball, you may get bounced. Your man passes. You get the ball and line up your shot. The last few seconds of the game tick away. Sink this shot quickly, and the game is yours. You can play this on the 2600 or 7800. Uh, They make sure to tell you that in the manual because, of course, by 89, 7800 was a thing. If you have a 2600, make sure the color black and white switch is set to color. You can play one or two players. One of the things that makes this game a bit more complicated is all these things you can set before you start playing the game. You can set it for one or two players. You can set the length of the game, 2, 5, 10, or 15 minutes. Or you can set the limit on the game based on how many points. 10, 24, 36, or 48. Select the timer score you want to use. One of the options is you can select whether or not three-point shots are an option. You can set uh, whether there's an, uh, a clock for if the offensive team does not shoot within 10 seconds, the other team gets the ball. 
You can choose if an offensive player stays in the lane longer than three seconds at a time, the other team gets the ball. Uh, you can choose whether or not fouls will be detected. And you can choose the team color. Select from six team colors. A C computer, one first player or two second player appears under a team selected color. To select a team's color, move the control right or left to identify a color. Press select to choose a different color for each player on the com or the computer. Press reset on the left controller or the left controller fire button to start the game. And during play, you can press select to return to the options screen and then reset to restart the game. There are two teams with two players, Mr. Inside and Mr. Outside on each team. You control your players with the controller. If your team has the ball, your controller moves the player who has the ball. If the other team has the ball, your controller moves the player who is guarding the man with the ball. Each player has different skills. Mr. Inside is bigger and is good at rebounding and blocking shots, can dunk shots easier and sets picks for Mr. Outside. Mr. Outside, the smaller player, is adept at stealing the ball and great at making long shots. One of the most effective plays, although Henry couldn't figure out how to do it, uh, is the pick play. The purpose of a pick play is to get both defensive players hung up on the offensive Mr. Inside, allowing the offensive Mr. Outside to get an open shot. The defensive team can anticipate a pick play by selecting the lower left or lower right position on the controller during the play selection. This allows the defensive Mr. Inside to pick up coverage on the offensive Mr. Outside because defensive Mr. Outside is hung up on the offensive Mr. Inside. Here is the point in the manual where I start to get really, really bored. So you're supposed to choose your offensive or defensive play before the ball is put in motion. And you know when you're supposed to do that because offense or defense at the bottom of your screen is flashing. But Henry and I couldn't quite figure out how to do that, honestly. Now, granted, we didn't spend all day trying to figure this out. We spent a little bit of time before the field report, and then Henry bailed on me, and I was left to try and figure it out. Basically, here's how it's supposed to work. Choose your offensive or defensive play before the ball is put in motion. After a score or a turnover, select your offensive or defensive play. You don't get to select a play after a defensive foul, rebound, or steal. OFF and DFF flash at the bottom of the screen until you choose your offensive or defensive play. To select your play, move your controller into the appropriate position and press the fire button. Once the ball is in play, use the controllers to move your players. When your team is on the offense, press the controller fire button once to start the next part of your selected play. If you pull the controller handle back and press the fire button while the ball is in play, the player with the ball will ignore the play and start a jump shot. When the player jumps, press the fire button a second time and the player shoots the ball. If you're close to the basket when you shoot, the player would dunk the ball. After an opponent misses a shot and you get the rebound, you must clear the ball by moving your player until both feet are behind the three-point line before you can shoot for a basket. I think it would have helped. Henry and I were forgetting that when we were playing, so it was getting frustrated. Frustrating when it kept telling us to clear the ball. So that part maybe is on us, just not uh, remembering what we needed to do. Strategy. Keep your opponent off guard by varying your selection of plays. If the Defense has your play covered. Remember that you can make the player with the ball shoot at any time. Shoot at the basket when your player is jumping up. Don't shoot as the player is coming down. If you wait to shoot, chances are you won't make the basket. Be careful to stay in bounds when rebounding. Time your blocks for a successful interception. When rebounding, there's no foul called for goal tending. You score two points for each successful shot. If you select the three-point shot option, you score three points for successful shots made from the three-point shot area. Shots from the foul line after a defensive foul are worth one point each. There is a page devoted, well, probably about half, eight and a half by 11 page, dedicated to how you set up the offensive plays, and another one for how you set up the defensive plays. I gotta tell you, in real time, 
it is hard to do this. I think largely the problem is you don't get a lot of visual confirmation on the screen that you've actually done anything. So you can move your joystick the different ways it tells you, but you don't necessarily know for sure, did I do that? Uh, and then in real time, as far as you know, pressing the button or whatever each time to set up the next part of your play, in real time, real hard to do because, again, you don't have that visual confirmation. I think that's really the problem here. Maybe if you spend all day trying to figure this out, you could start to be able to detect the nuances of what you're looking at on screen. But in the little bit we played it this morning, we were not so successful with that. And that, for what it's worth, is how you play Double Dunk. I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor, or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S-C-H-N-O-O-K podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. Double Dunk was developed by Atari Corporation released in 1989, programmed by Matthew Hubbard. One of the last games produced for Atari for its most well-known console. Hubbard previously wrote Dolphin and Zenji for Activision. It was re-released in 2003 as part of the Atari Anthology Collection. And it is also on the Flashback 9. I know because I played it on the Flashback 9. Maybe it's on other Flashbacks too. I'm not sure. Atari Protos observes that unlike most sports on the 2600, which saw, saw multiple titles, there were only two basketball games ever released during the 23-year lifespan of the VCS. I felt like we did more than that. I know we did one. I guess we only did one. Hmm. Instead of attempting to simulate real basketball, which would have been very difficult on the 2600, Double Dunk is a two-on-two half-court shootout. Most of basketball's rules still apply. However, most of the time, it just boils down to a standard two-on-two passing shooting game. Since most rules can be turned off, you really only need to play, pay attention to the rule that says you must clear the ball past the end line before shooting. This rule is kind of annoying, but keeps good players from abusing the ball time they get possession. Sports many options that let the player customize the game. You can set up certain plays depending on whether they're offensive or defensive. However, executing these plays is tricky and most of the time they're not really necessary. Due to the limited number of buttons available, players are executing by pressing the joystick in a specific direction, then pressing the fire button a specific amount of times. See? Simple. It's an excellent upgrade to the original basketball. Well, that's probably true, frankly. While it's not the most realistic basketball simulation, it plays to the 2600 strengths. Just one question remains, exactly how does one double dunk? Which opens up the next thing that I'm going to tell you. Okay, so here's the deal. I really hesitate to tell you this, but in the interest of being a thorough podcaster, I feel that I must. The phrase double dunk has another meaning, at least according to the Urban Dictionary. I'm sorry about what I have to do. I'm so... So, sorry. Alright, here it is. According to the Urban Dictionary, double dunking is the act of taking a, let's say, poop, 
while sitting upon another person's lap, who in turn is also taking a poop. While on the toilet, there is ample room in front of the person on the bottom. This extra space can be utilized by a second person in order to increase defecating efficiency. Variations include the French double dunk, where the top person faces the bottom person, and the Rudy Woo, R-O-O-D-Y, Woo, W-O-O, which, due to its perverted, misshapen entanglement of a position, is very rarely performed. And then they, by way of um, example as to how this could be, come up in real life, Hey man, it says, all the stalls are taken. Let's double dunk this. Uh, B-I-T-C-H. I told you I didn't want to tell you that, but there it is. So, after the break, we're going to double dunk the game. For the love of God, I really just meant the game. Alright, we're going to play Double Dunk. The game's so interesting, it made Henry bail out before the field report. So let's see what sort of disaster we're in for. Alright, I have pulled up the uh, menu to select stuff. We're going to play a one player game. We're going to play for two minutes. Sure, we'll allow three point shots. Why not? We'll have a 10, cent, uh, ten second clock, three second lane clock, whatever. Uh, sure, we'll have fouls. Um, I'll be those guys. I'm ostensibly selecting a play. I still don't quite understand how you do that, but we'll see what happens. He stole the ball from me already, because he's a jerk. I don't know what clear the ball means. Every time I get the ball, it tells me to clear the ball. video is of this, but like I say, it's a good looking game for 1989. Um, 
playing two on two. The characters on screen are pretty realistic. Okay, that was clearly out of bounds. I got the ball, and it tells me to clear the ball when I want to shoot it. I don't understand. seconds to go before this misery is over. I still don't know how to select plays. Maybe that would help my enjoyment? I don't know. seconds to go. One second. Can you do it? No, he can't. Oh, thank God that's over. In your face indeed. Back to you in the studio. This is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games, which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast? but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So, here's the thing about Double Dunk, the game. I was pretty harsh on it. I liked the game, actually. Though the game looks good, it feels like a real basketball game. I did not have the time or the patience, frankly, to get into all the nuances. And I think that's maybe where the game suffers. For the 2600, Atari wanted to get ambitious from time to time and make these games where you had all the stuff you had to set up. 
and all these little nuances of things you could do in the game because they're cool, right? But they're hard to execute uh, with the limitations of the 2600. And I think this is another one of those times where the game kind of falls down. They could have made this really good-looking game where really all you had to do was pass the ball and shoot, which fundamentally is all you really have to do anyway. But all this other stuff gets in the way. The ostensibly setting up the plays and uh, turnovers and, and whatnot. It just It's stuff that you don't need that gets in the way of what it would be a perfectly entertaining and good-looking Atari 2600 game without it. So um, that's unfortunate. Maybe I'll try and get Henry to come back sometime and try it again uh, and see if that see if it goes any better. If any of you has any strong feelings about Double Dunk, the game, let me know. Maybe you can tell me where I failed, or, or maybe you agree with me. I don't know, but uh, let me know what you think. It's story time. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story is titled, Dan Dunk and the Determined Donut. Your coffee's getting cold, Dan's breakfast buddy said from across the table. I know, Dan shrugged. You should just go ahead and drink it, Dan's breakfast buddy said. I mean, iced coffee is one thing. A nice, refreshing midday break. But cold, regular coffee? Blech. He laughed a bit at that as bits of icing sprayed out when he made the blech sound. I can't drink it yet, Dan said, shifting a little, causing the upholstery in the booth to squeak and make a little fart noise. Dan's sciatic was giving him trouble today. Why not? His buddy said. You know why. Good for you, man. Business first. Dan's dining companion said. Don't flake out on me. You're crusty but you ain't got a flaky crust like some lame-ass cobbler, Dan snorted. <laughs> Pastry jokes. Clever. A heavy-set man in a backwards ball cap and his fully tatted-up girlfriend walked by Dan's table, looking at apartment listings on the girlfriend's phone. Too claustrophobic, the man was saying. I need to breathe, man. Out of the corner of his eye, he caught sight of Dan and stopped dead. His girlfriend walked a few more steps before she realized. Dan Dunk, the man said. You're the Dunk Man. During the pandemic, when there was no sports to watch and sports cable ran all those old eating contests, I watched you all the time, man. You're the donut king, man. Dan shifted again. Another upholstery fart. He hoped his fans would understand that. Thanks, he said. The man held up his phone. Cool, he asked. Dan grinned awkwardly and sat up a little straighter. The man leaned in for a quick, fully unnatural selfie. You going to the Phoenix Pastry Push this year, man? The fan asked as his girlfriend looked increasingly bored. It's going to be epic. No way Hollow Gut Dave can beat you. Uh, I'm retired, Dan said. Cholesterol and calories, man. They suck. When you're young, your gut snaps back quicker. You get older and... Dan patted his midsection. Not so much. Oh, the man said, glancing at the custard-filled confection on the table across from Dan. The man's disappointment thudded onto the Formica rattling the little basket with the sugar packets. Well, good to see you, man. Keep rocking. The man and his girlfriend shuffled away, checking their phones. Dan Dunk stared into his cup for a long time, perhaps reading non-existent tea leaves because this was coffee. Snickering broke the silence. The donut was laughing. 
weeping bits of icing. You suck, Dan. You're not good for me, Dan muttered. What was that? You're not good for me, he shouted, distracting the other patrons a bit, but not as much, from their phones. The donut rolled a half turn to the left. You weren't always this wussy. I took you out plenty of times, Dan said. So where's the donut-eating champion now? Oh, that's right. He's hiding in a diner eating the house salad with dressing on the side. The salt and pepper shakers toppled as Dan's arm shot across the table, stopping just as the index finger pressed into the donut's vanilla icing. A lone chocolate sprinkle fell to the table. The donut grinned. Do it, he said. You know you want the cream. I've always been more of a jelly man, Dan said. Another upholstery fart. Yes, the donut said, appraising him. You have. Soft and wobbly. Dan grabbed the donut in his fist, fingers poised to squeeze the filling out of it. It felt good. Natural. All those years of donut-eating competitions, win after win, the money, some anyway, mostly from endorsements, commercials, and whatever, the groupies, yes, they exist, all those amazing years on the top of his sport, all those amazing, wasted years. He was Dan Dunk. One, two, down it goes. Bring on the next. Now what did he have to show for it? borderline diabetes, and a second mortgage on his house since he couldn't hold a, jo a day job what with all the traveling he did during competition season. Dan looked down at his empty salad plate. Empty except for the hard-boiled egg. Why did they always put that stupid egg on the salad? He plopped the donut down on the plate, started to lick icing off his fingers, then thought better of it and wiped them on the napkin instead. There's more of me out there, the donut smirked. Any good shop would give you a baker's dozen for the right price. All done here? The teenage girl's voice floated into the scene. Dan startled a bit, then glanced up into the face of the smiling pigtailed girl wearing a navy blue t-shirt with the diner's name on it. Yes, Dan said. Yes, I am. She smiled and took Dan's plate away. Dan had a fleeting image of the smashed donut reconstituting itself and leaping from the plate, then crawling into someone else's donut box to terrorize them. Or maybe one day he'd buy a box of donuts from some kid's charity drive, and there that same damn pastry would be all over again. Twilight Zone style. But for now, he was free. He considered ordering a peach smoothie to celebrate. The man formerly known as Dan Dunk took a deep breath just as his phone chimed. He answered it and uttered the words that locked him in on his future course. Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Hot damn, count me in. The Twilight Zone-esque episode closing, moral, presented by a guy in a dark suit, didn't occur here because the dude spilled a generous scoop of minestrone soup on his tie and was currently in the restroom trying to get something other than brown sludge to come out of the faucet. Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable William Pepper and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the vertical blank. Now, back to Bill. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the storytime theme. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a double dunk of a review of this show. Just make sure to give it five stars. And for God's sakes, don't send me any pictures. Email the show at AtariBytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at Atari Bytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also, look us up on Instagram. And don't forget, you can call us, leave a voicemail, 563-265-1978, 563-265-1978.
I'm never going to answer the phone, but you can leave me, me a message about pretty much anything you want. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com. What are you going to find there? Well, you're going to find information and links to show, uh, show notes and episodes for this podcast, Atari Bytes, and my other show, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown. You're also going to find information and links to some of the places you can buy books that I've written, including In the St. Nick of Time and Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts, and lots of other stuff. So go check that out. Please also consider supporting the show financially by becoming a subscriber on the Patreon project, the Atari Bytes page over there. What do you get for your efforts? Well, a big thank you, first of all. Um, you could also get episodes early every week. You don't necessarily have to wait until Sunday if you're a Patreon subscriber. Um, you can also get bonus content. There are things I put up there that aren't part of the regular show and uh, are there for the patrons to enjoy. Um, sometimes I watch episodes of the very weird cartoon series, Pac-Man the Ghostly Adventures. Lately, I've been recording on video the field reports that you hear on these episodes so that you can see the games that I'm playing and see what I'm talking about. Uh, that's up there for the patrons to enjoy at the $3 level. Uh, and who knows, every so often I put other weird stuff up there. And you can get that if you're a patron. So please consider doing so and joining the ranks of the truly awesome Michael Tyler, Jose Cazeta, Sean Courtney, and Aerospike. Uh, thanks again to those guys for helping out the show. All right, all that's left is to tell you what's coming up next week. So here it is. Next time on Atari Bytes. Fatal Run. No idea what that is. It's just the next thing that came up in my ongoing quest to play all of the Flashback 9 in alphabetical order. And we're up to the Fs. Fatal Run. So that's a thing we're going to do. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.